I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have yet discovered. I'm a superhero, Mama. A real-life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become the hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The Real Brian Show. Well, happy June, and uh, I have to say welcome back to the podcast overlord who was my first podcast co-host ever, as far as you know, in podcasting, by the way. And he's going to be here on The Real Brian Show this week, and Kevin, I've got a little something special for you here, a little throwback fun from back in the day. A beacon shining in the night, sometimes obscured by a shadow, always protected by a podcast their mission to help the green arrow fight the corruption darkness and bring hope we are strong we are many we are the arrow squad ah the arrow squad days wow that's the original original like way back (laughs) how many years ago was that otpc original podcast i don't know i'll forget you weren't even wait. You were a podcast overlord by then, right? Yes. Oh man. Mm-hmm. Good times. I I had to play that. Oh, we had a blast. Yes. We did. All right. Well, mm-hmm. this is the real Brian show, though. So you know, let's rock it. I've kept with the flavor of the rock music, you know, that we did on Aero Squad. So you know, you mm-hmm. still have that, but you know, it's a little bit of a different flavor. But podcast overlord, welcome back. Thank you, sir. It's great to be doing a show with you again. It's been a long time since we've done a show together. It has been a while. I, you know, I should have looked it up, but I didn't. But yeah, yeah, like I said, I just know it's been too long. <laughs> well, I was thinking about it's been a while since you've been on this show, and I'm not even sure how long. I mean, it's been a long time. But then, uh, even when we did Aero Squad, I mean, that's been what a year and a half now. I want to say. Because you left in December of 2016, is that right? Sounds about right, yes. Yeah, yeah, I think you're about right. That is just not right. No, it's... In some ways it seems like even longer, and in some ways it seems like it's last week. I I know, know. I know. So I guess the question I have to ask is, are you still watching all the DC shows, Arrow, Flash, keeping up on all of them? Um, Not all of them, no. I, I, I dropped Flash... Oh, I was never a big fan of it. True, you know, not not being negative, just I was never a big fan. So yeah. now I watched for a while and kind of let it go. I have kept up with Arrow, mm-hmm. um, and I am loving Legends of Tomorrow. That's by far my favorite DC show. Interesting. But yeah, Ka- I've I've stuck with Arrow. Katie lots. That's why. Uh, Katie has a lot to do with it. Yeah, <laughs> Katie has a lot <laughs> to do with it. <laughs> so. <laughs> Oh boy. So are you, what what do you think of Arrow? I actually dropped Arrow back in November. I dropped all of the shows back in November, which I know is, is probably not, Oh, it doesn't make much sense, but it is. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm keeping with it. I don't know. Just out of loyalty. And again, I'm not being negative because I, you know, you and I were never the comic book guys who came into that. Sure. You know, with that, we just, you know, with the show side and it's kind of like a lot of shows do, man, you get five, six seasons in, it's hard to keep it fresh. So, yeah, it, it hasn't, for me, been near what it was in those early years when you and I were podcasting about it. But, yeah, I've stuck to it. Yeah. You know, you hang around because you love the characters. Yeah. 
And some of that's still there and some of it's changed. I, I, yeah. I get it. It's so hard from a writing point of view. You want to keep it fresh, yeah. which yeah. means changing up some of the characters and the stories. But then when you do that, you lose that core of why a lot of folks were watching it. Yeah, you know, it's just, yeah that's true. In some ways, it's, it's a shell of itself. But I don't know. Still love Felicity, so it's still stuff to enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I really do agree with you with Legends of Tomorrow. For some reason, there's something about that show that's just really fun. I don't know. It, it is, is cheesy. Pure. Yes. It is pop. Yeah. Che- yes. It's cheesy. Yes. It's what we call popcorn entertainment. I mean, I'll, five minutes after it's over, I probably forgot what it was about, but I had fun watching it. You yeah. know, I don't yeah. think too hard. It's just silly fun. Yeah, it is. I watched the first half, almost the first half of this year's seasons of those shows. I don't know what happened with Flash this year. There there were some things that just kind of fell apart. And I don't know. There were some other things that were going on that were just kind of bugging me. So I'm like, maybe it's just time for a break. You know, it's been five years. I should just take a break. And if I come back to it, a great. And if I don't, great. And I haven't mm-hmm. missed it, actually. I haven't that, missed any of the shows. It's weird. That was the question I was about to say is yeah. for any of for any of us, if you stop watching the stuff, you go back and say, Do you miss it? Yeah. If you do, then you go back and you pick it back up. If you don't, hey, you move on. I mean, we live in a wonderful time. I mean, there's like five hundred scripted TV shows yeah. now available on all these platforms. It's a wonderful time to be a fan. You get to pick what you want. It's true. And you know, I miss what was. So it's it's so funny because there's actually this street near us that's called Queen. And uh I was like every time I ride by it and queen and i'm like oh that reminds me of the days you know because so i miss what was but yeah. i don't necessarily miss what is so yeah I, but you're right that's great and of course you know if sci-fi cancels one more of my favorite shows we're gonna have a serious problem um <laughs> well this uh this spring was a bloodbath I mean, they I canceled i'd say they all the networks yeah. right, they canceled more than 20 shows yeah in the last couple of weeks 20 think about that 20 shows got yeah. axed so you know, the networks are a lot like a lot of us now. With so many choices, they're like, no, that's not making us money. Screw it. Drop it. True. Next, move on. Although so, I have yeah, to be yeah. honest, you know, uh, Lord Thunder and I were talking about this last week and we were saying how, you know, the networks really don't have a very accurate rating system anymore because who really, I mean, there's right. a few, right? But who really watches the show live anymore? Mm-hmm. Most yeah, people they have are. To find different ways to make money. It's, yeah. That's the problem. The rating system was driving their ad revenues and yeah. it's. It's not the way it works anymore with streaming and all these other deals. So, yeah, they're in a tough spot, too. It's a totally upheaval there, and it's tough to try to see what's working. I mean, as a fan, it's a great time, though, because we have much more power than we ever used to. Social media, all these other ways we can get our voice heard. I mean, it's wonderful compared to even just five, ten years ago when we were just peons from the network point of view. I know. We really do drive a lot nowadays. It's great. And and honestly, the... You know, the ones that are, are working well, take lessons from Netflix, Amazon, Hulu. I mean, hey, mm-hmm. that's what's working. People are going there and they like it. So YouTube TV yeah. is even a, a really good example, even though that is live. But, you know, you can DVR it. And I mean, pretty much any show that I watch is never live anymore. So it is what it is. But mm-hmm. OK, we're going to talk more about TV in a minute because I know you've got a lot. I mean, that that is a lot of your life. So. Let's do this. It is. <laughs> Let's do this first, though. What is new? What is going on with you, though? Uh, well, as you said, and many folks know, yeah, I'm, I'm such a huge fan of, of genre TV that that really, when it comes to anything non, you know, family or real life, real career based, it's it probably revolves around genre TV and watching shows and doing podcasts about them. So that's certainly the core of all of my stuff. I mean, the big item has been, and the reason I left Arrow Squad was because of the uh, Winona Earp 
mm-hmm. show and my involvement in that fandom and podcasts and with the cast there. So everything still revolves around that, even when it's not on the air. So that thing's still going really strong. The wine on Earth, I mean. Yes. Season three begins uh, mid-July, okay. July 20th. Fandom is already running campaigns to renew one owner or hashtag out to sci-fi before the season's aired. We're, wow. we're masters of the social media. So wow, uh, it's not a highly rated show. It is, it is amazingly popular yeah. on social media and all, but it's, you know, again, the rating system wise, it's still like many genre shows are it's ratings challenge. So what's interesting about that show is that, you know, I, I don't hardly hear anything about it anymore. You know, as far mm-hmm. as if you're in it, if you're in the, you know, the actual social circles and you watch the show, then of course you hear about it. But outside of that, I don't hear a thing about it. And in fact, I know a lot of people have still never even heard of wine on Earp. So right. it's, it's amazing to me how powerful that, you know, the fandom that you're a part of is, is driving this show because I think that's exactly what's happening is because, you know, you don't see advertising out there for it ever. You know, it's not one of the, Hey, check this out on Netflix. You know, you just don't see stuff like that. And and it's very much a fan driven show. It seems like, Oh, it is. I mean, the social media presence is the reason that show's still on the air. Cause yeah. when, when the episodes air on Friday nights, it is so popular on Twitter that it becomes a Twitter trending topic. We're talking wow. top five worldwide. Wow. World because it is the cast members tweet, the fans tweet it. It is a party on Twitter and that presence is something that, you know, can't be ignored. So, yeah. but again, that's in that circle. If you're not in that circle or close to it, you're right. I, I run into tons of people when I talk about the things that I do or the thing shows I love that, haven't heard of it. You know, sci-fi mm-hmm. is not the best network when it comes to promoting many of their shows. I mean, if you're not yeah. watching a certain one, they don't tend to run ads for a lot of the other stuff in today's TV world where some of them they own. So they're more financially invested. They'll run more ads, some that they only purchase for airing rights. They don't put as much money in. So, and again, like we said, even earlier with 500 shows now, I mean, we can't keep up on all of them. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, well, and it is kind of interesting, of you know, you think about like, some, we, we've talked about this a lot on the show too, just the community side of things too. But, you know, I'm finding that a lot of people nowadays, and this was true with Arrow Squad. I mean, how many times did you hear people saying, I love Arrow, but I don't know people locally that like what I like TV wise. You know, you can't necessarily always go to the quote water cooler and have conversations about your favorite TV show. So where do you go? You go online, you look for online communities, et cetera which is, you know, how that whole community with Arrow grew and, you know, even just with this show and everything else. And it's like, there's something very powerful to be said about people who are looking for connections somewhere, you know? And so it's like, why Nona Earp is not the only show I know, you know, that you watch, for example, and probably isn't for most of those people as well, but it is something that people can connect on and with others in a way that hopefully turns into lasting friendships. And then I know you guys meet up too, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We've got, uh, there are fan meetups in cities all around the globe. And actually, Winona Earp now has, uh, this year, there are going to be three Winona Earp specific conventions happening. Wow. Uh, in three different countries. In uh, London, I attended that con last year. This is their second year. There are two of them starting this year, one in Toronto in August and uh, one in Minneapolis in October. Oh, really? Yeah. How fun. Yeah, and it's been so wonderful getting, you know, so well known in that community that these conventions are inviting myself and my podcast co-host to be guests. Yeah. To moderate the cast panels and such. So we've become very much a part of that. That's great. So you have I mean, do you actually have those meetups then when you you get together and everyone's like, "Woo, you'll hang out with the listeners and other people?" Oh yeah. 
Yeah, we've got, uh, for example, the New England Herbers. I'm up in the Boston area myself, and and we've got about 50 people, you know, in a, in a Twitter DM group, and we have, we have meetups at restaurants or whatever. We'll get 25, 35, 40 people there. Wow. You know, just in our little corner of the world here. So it's, yeah, it's a wonderful way to make new friends. And again, like you said earlier, though, a, a lot of us who are fans of some of these different sci-fi fantasy shows, we know there's very few people in our office or real life that are going to even know what these things are. So yeah. you can find ways to connect online. We do it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. How do you balance that with like, you know, face to face kind of stuff? Cause I know that <laughs> I'm always like, I mean, being the extrovert, I'm like, I need to see people, you know, real life people face to face, you know, but man, everybody I know lives outside of the state <laughs> or country. <laughs> well, one of the things that hap- happened in the Winona Earp world that I'm surprised is not happening in more fandoms online is that uh, one of the things I suggested we do when that show is just kind of getting off the ground and a podcast was going well is we started doing weekly video hangouts uh-huh. using one of the hangout services right after the episodes air all the fans i say oh, a few hundred of us get together and my co-host and i host the video hangout and we bring people on from all over the world that are watching and they can jump on video so we do get to see each other face to face so actually nice. when we end up at conventions we already recognize each other we know each other and it's a it's a great way to really create some bonds that are a little closer to real life even yeah. if we aren't in the same room visually we get to see each other which is a little more than just a text chat in a Facebook group or something. That's a good idea. Works out well. Well, speaking of Minneapolis, which is coming up, you said in October, um, you know, that's the land of the Miss Ice. Mm -hmm. Have you, uh, you know, have you talked to her lately? Are you going to meet up with her while you're out there? I know. I haven't talked to Emily in in a long time. Oh, has she gone underground? I have no idea. (laughs) I really, I don't know, but Knowing that that convention was there, I've been thinking, you know, if that gets closer, I do, I do need to reach out and see what she's up to. You know, she, she listens and, and still writes all the amazing posts for every single episode of this show. There you go, Emily. You have a chance to meet up at the podcast overlord. And likewise, <laughs> you guys can connect. Yeah. I haven't seen her <laughs> since uh, when we were all at Dragon Con. Well, that's the last time I've seen you. Yeah, that's, that's true, too. Three years, man. This, oh, well, yeah. we were supposed to meet up, but then, oh, my gosh. Uh, real life. Because I think there was a snowstorm that day, although I don't think it ended up actually doing anything. It was a little bit, but the threat of it. Yeah. Yeah. We got hammered by this awesome storm last week. I mean, it's amazing. And here's what I love. You know, there's 20% chance of rain. And I thought, well, then I'm going to go wash my car. So we have a hundred percent chance. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> we got one of the most violent storms that we've had in a long time. I think they were actually calling it the five-year flood. And we didn't have like permanent flood or, or any kind of catastrophic damage or anything, but there was actual flooding going on during this, you know, because we had so much rain and hail in such a short amount of time that, you know, streets were flooding, people were getting stranded, their cars, you know, and then it went away very quickly. So, you know, whereas like the, the flood we had five years ago caused significant damage and then it over flooded the rivers and there was flooding going on for, you know, weeks. This was just one of those. When it hit, it hit, it did some damage. Mm. The next day it was dry. It was weird. Wow. But uh, man, I love rain. <laughs> it's so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I have to ask you then what shows you are watching? Because like you said, TV is kind of a big part of your life. Obviously, you're watching Wine on a Herb. And of course, Tales of the Black Badge is your podcast, which we'll, we'll do all those, you know, shout outs and links here shortly, just in case people have not yet heard of what you're doing. But I'm curious some of the other shows you're watching because I'm always looking for good shows. 
Oh, well, yeah, I do an entire podcast on this, but if I, you know, some of the things I've been enjoying the last few months, I'm a huge fan of Timeless mm-hmm. on NBC, who's one of the few shows left that they have not announced whether it's canceled or renewed. So we're, we're in limbo for fans of that, but that mm-hmm. has been an excellent second season. Uh, I love Westworld mm-hmm. on HBO. That's cerebral sci-fi. Very well done. Uh, Into the Badlands, martial arts and action. That's a pretty entertaining show on AMC. Uh, on Hulu, there was a show called Future Man. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever heard of it. I watched um, a little bit of it. Oh, it was a lot. I love that. It's, for me, when you get some humor with some sci-fi, that's certainly right up my alley. And that was a fun one. Mm-hmm. I think um, I actually saw like know. the first episode maybe because I think the first one was free and then you had to pay for that after that. But yes. Okay, yep. that's, yeah, and then, yep. yeah. It's the janitor who had to save the world in the future. Yes, okay. Yeah, it was, uh, can't even think of the guy's name, but he's been in a lot, the kid. Yeah, Not yeah, the kid. kid that, was, that, was, that was a lot of fun. Nice. Yeah, so that was, that was pretty cool. I mean, um, Sci-Fi's The Magicians, do you watch that one at all? You know, I don't, and I was actually wondering, I mean, I've seen it, I see it all over the place, but I haven't delved into it, yeah. wondering what it's more like. It's like Harry Potter, except... The characters are college age and some of them are total a-holes. <laughs> um, but it's very fascinating what they go through. It's a very yeah. adult magic-based show. And it's the, some of the storylines, especially in the recent seasons, of it, brilliant stuff. It was a little slow at the beginning for me. I wasn't sure I was going to stick with it. But once it hit its stride, like in season two, it's been brilliant. Sure. So I just what, finished up the most recent season. Going back to Timeless, was that kind of like that too, where the first season started off a little slow and then picked up? Did I hear that from someone else correctly? I wouldn't say it's slow, but it's a little, yeah, I would say it's entertaining, but it's not special in the first season. Okay. Uh, it's a good set of characters, some good stories. Uh, they do a good job of bringing in history and not just the stuff, you know, though, that's, that's the thing they're very good at when they, you know, travel to these well-known events. Uh, you think you kind of know it or the character that they're bringing in, but they don't, they bring in other layered characters, which is good. But yeah, no, in its second season, which just finished up and they, this was the show that was canceled. And then literally yeah. NBC three days later changed their mind. So yeah, I remember that you know, they got a new lease on life and they realized that and they got very bold in the second season. It was really strong. So okay. it definitely ramps up. If you haven't seen it and you start to watch and you're like, well, this just seems okay. Yeah. First season maybe it isn't the greatest, but it builds week after week. It's a great set of characters. That's one thing you'll hear someone who enjoys character interactions and so forth. That'd be the show for you. They really do a great job developing Okay. Yeah. Cause that was the same thing where I watched the first episode and was, it was interesting. That was the Hindenburg mm-hmm. episode, I believe. Yes, and and exactly. I, I loved that because, you know, I actually studied the Hindenburg in school. So I was always fascinated by, you know, kind of what happened there. But again, it was mm-hmm. one of those that I'm like, that was cool and okay. You know, I wasn't yeah. hooked though for whatever reason, Right. but that's good to know yeah, that you do get hooked bit. later. It does. It's one of those ones. If you have the time, I think folks will enjoy it. And it, you do learn a little bit. It's some fun stuff. Sure. You know, again, character based. There's a Netflix series. I don't know if you've heard of it. Uh, certainly many of us of our age uh, will get a kick out of this one. It's the called The Toys That Made Us. I have heard of it. Yes. That's a lot of fun. They're coming up. Actually, probably by the time this podcast comes out, they'll have released their second half of their season. But they're, they're looking at, at the things like Star Trek toys and Star nice. Wars toys and Barbies and yeah, all those classic Lego, all the classic things that a lot of us remember when we were kids, Barbie, and like I said earlier. So that, that's been some fascinating documentary stuff. and brings back lots of memories. Oh, I lots bet. Lots of memories for me. You just said it was it's a documentary. So it's, it's more just like on a, on a take on how it's shaped us as a culture? 
or a little more of why and how it happened, you know, how, oh. how these companies, Kenner and some of these other companies, you know, in, at that time, the decisions they made, what they chose to get into, the risks they took to have these things develop, what did work, what didn't work. Interesting. Um, you know, so yeah, if you're, if you're someone who enjoyed some of these things, naturally for many of us, we were just kids playing with them, but hearing some of the business side of it or how it actually came to pass, it's kind of fascinating on some of these things that we know. In business, sometimes you never know what's going to click. And uh, sometimes the craziest choices, sometimes they work out and sometimes they don't. So it's been been fun kind of seeing some of those things and thinking back on them in terms of how they impacted us. Cool. A couple I wanted to highlight quick that are coming up or have just started looking for something brand new that's starting. There's a show on NBC called Reverie. Sarah Shahi, uh, who many of us know from Person of Interest and several other shows, and it's a fascinating concept. It has to do with, uh, without getting spoilery, uh, a time in the near future when they've taken virtual reality to a point where it is not does not appear to be virtual. You can go to this company and choose to, if you will, have kind of like your fantasy island of the 70s and the idea of doing something you've wanted to do. But that her character, uh, she's the star of this one, helps this company because of the fact that sometimes when these people go on these virtual trips, they get stuck in them. Something goes wrong and they can't get out. So her job is kind of to be the detective to figure out why and go in to try to save some of these folks. So it's an interesting concept. The first episode, I got a chance to see a screener for it. Hmm. It's not that great. I'll be honest with you. Really? First episode is not, does not hit as a home run. But I do think there's something in this concept. So it might be one where you got to give it a few episodes to see if it takes off. But, okay. but it's certainly an interesting concept. All right. And also coming up in early June... There's a new Marvel series called Cloak and Dagger that's starting. And this one is interesting. Some folks who are listening might recognize that from its uh, comics origins. I won't say too much other than it's one of those shows where the more of the trailers they've been putting out, the more interested I'm getting in this show. So it's an early June premiere. I'm looking forward to learning a little more about these two characters who are the leads. Yeah. Uh, Fascinating stuff. You know, you said earlier that we live in a great time where we have so many options to choose from, but at the same time, too, there's almost too many now. <laughs> well, and that's what happens. It's it's so difficult there, it, at least for older folks like me and, and you know, maybe you all put in that category, right? Um, <laughs> there was a time, though, when you used to have a friend or someone, you'd go, what's good on TV? You know, yeah. I want to watch the good shows. Yeah. Now, there are so many, you, you can't just pick the cream of the crop. There are, you, know, you haven't even heard sometimes of the cream of the, all of the cream of the crop because there's True. so many on all these different platforms. So, yeah, these shows are, are dying for discussions and coverage yeah. and fans yeah. to even know they're there. And some of them die off yeah. because there aren't enough folks watching them, even if it is quality. So things have radically changed there. Yeah. You know, well, that used to be, you know, find the good ones. Well, who cares? Nowadays, find the one that speaks to you. That's a really good point. You know, yeah, find that which speaks to you. And and it's interesting because, you know, I talked about Cobra Kai quite a bit the last few weeks. And mm-hmm. I haven't talked probably that much about a show in a while because granted, you know, I loved Karate Kid, grew up with Karate Kid. That was just one of those shows, you know, that are movies. It was one of those movies, you know, when I was younger that, you know, everybody wanted to be a Karate Kid. It was amazing, you know, wax on, wax off. Everybody right. got the headbands. I mean, it was awesome. <laughs> But I got to tell you, like, it wasn't just that, oh, nostalgia, this is cool. When I saw Cobra Kai was coming out, my expectations were low. I'm like, okay, cool. It's it's nostalgia of, you know, when I was a kid. So cool. I'll watch it. We'll see. I did not expect to be blown away by how good it was, but I was starting Mm -hmm. to think about why. Why was it so good? And there's a lot of factors and all that. But 
one of the factors that I think I really, really appreciated, and this goes back to even with the Karate Kid. The Karate Kid is a story about Daniel who goes to a school and gets bullied over a girl pretty much. Well, maybe not over a girl, but you know, there's a girl involved, there's a bully involved, and it's a very personal story. And right. I think this is even something that we used to talk about on, on Arrow Squad all the time, you know, about Arrow, that when the story was personal and even, quote, local, you know, it's local to that character, um, and it's a very personal thing, you really, really can connect with that person and you want to know what happens next. But right. a lot of the shows and a lot of the movies lately have been very global. And frankly, I don't care about the world that they've created because I don't know the world they've created. I only know the character that you've presented me with in the case of karate kid, you've presented me with Daniel LaRusso and I get to know Daniel LaRusso and I get to know all of the problems that he's dealing with. And I get to get frustrated with him. I get to get angry with him. I get to get sad with him, happy with him, whatever, you know, you relate to that one character that they've presented you with. That makes to me a great story, but if you're not, and of course it goes back to, you know, what you resonate with too. But, you know, if you've got all these like crazy, everything's global, everything's all over the place, you know, they keep enlarging the size of this person's influence and eventually you just don't care what happens to them. I don't know. That's that's just my thought. But what I mean, and that goes for a lot of shows. Well, it is because, as we said, you you need to have that emotional attachment now with a hundred of the shoes from uh, some big take over the world thing is like yawn. It must be Tuesday. (laughs) You know, I saw that yesterday. Yeah. So it's not someone that you care about that's involved in that, then yeah, you're just like, I've been, been there, done that, you know, that happened last week. So yeah, you've got to have those characters. And if they're dealing with that big thing, then maybe you can be on board with it. But yeah, that's where a lot of the shows went. You know, they made the stake. They kept trying to make it bigger. So they thought the scope was yeah. to make it a worldwide thing or a universe killing situation. And people, eh, I don't really care about that in my entertainment. I want to know what happens to my character. Yeah, it's true. You know, I've accidentally learned this totally not on purpose or anything. It was just one of those moments where you just kind of go, Oh, good learning moment. Interestingly enough, recently I shared, you know, the, the, the story about the cardiology adventure. Let's just, you know, I'm, I'm going to call it that it was a few episodes ago. Right. And the response that I got from listeners was so intense. And I was going, wow, why are you guys so upset about it? <laughs> you know, well, cause it happened to you. And I thought, Interesting. You know, I just didn't even think like that. It was, I'm just sharing a story that happened in my life. And, but apparently, like you just said, people connect somehow with someone. And when something like that, that is an emotional thing happens, they feel connected to that as well. Yeah. Very brilliant. And I didn't even know that. So I'm I'm not a story writer. So, you know, you learn the stuff by accident, but it's, it's true when it comes to our entertainment or any kind of story or any connection that we have, we want to know what's going on and we connect with that. Yeah. I mean, cause we all get in today's world you know, be it the internet or anything else, there is just so much sensory overload yeah. on everything, everywhere, that the only thing our brains really can grasp is is my little corner of it, my little bit. What do I care about? So true. You know, so yeah, on a podcaster to, to listener basis or TV show character to viewer, you know, same kind of idea. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Sarah was doing a study. Uh, it was more through her, you know, her office, her work. She works, you know, with government and stuff. And, and they were doing some interesting psychological it was basically one of those classes where you can learn some things that just to be aware of them. But they were mm-hmm. talking about how we have perceptions, for example, that tall people are quote powerful and in charge and they know what they're doing. So apparently being that I am six foot four, 
I am in the 4% of Americans, and this is just for the U.S., but the 4% of Americans that are 6'4 and above. And apparently of that, quote, 4% population, something like it was the high 30s or the low 40s percent, something like that. I don't know what the exact percent was of those people were CEOs. And so there's this thing about how our perception is that tall people come across as powerful and they know what they're doing and they're leaders and we should believe them. And I thought, that's interesting. I never thought like that. But then the other one, which I thought was interesting too, is that they look at like obese people, whether you're obese or not, doesn't matter. But if you are seen with an obese person, so maybe you're even just sitting next to the person and you're not even like, you may not even know them or you're associating with them. They're your friend, right? They see you as less quote successful, even though that may or may not be true. And that, that obese person may be super successful, but there is a perception in human beings that people think that way for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were doing st- all these studies about that. And I just thought that's weird. Like I was telling Sarah, I'm like, I don't think like that, but it is right. So that's just the perception. But that goes back to what you were saying about how we as humans have this tendency to have to put something into a box, you know, in the corner of our world, like you were saying, because it just can't comprehend too much. Right. It's a very yeah. weird thing, but I mean, I don't agree with it necessarily, but it is what it is. So you just got to kind of go with it. No, it is. It's it's in, in very much in the way all of us make these subtle judgments, even if we're not conscious of them sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, subtle and even subconscious, like you said. Yeah. Yeah, very mm-hmm. much. This is one of those proven things, too, that we tend to be nicer to more beautiful people. Well, yeah. And then you get into the discussions about the whole symmetry of uh, the human face and what the mind better understands that so that's considered more attractive and therefore yeah. you're not you're, you're not having to think about it as much you just naturally are comfortable i mean this you know like you said you go into some of these studies and things and yeah i can get the eyes rolling back in your head because you're like oh my god i didn't know any of that I, none of that came into my thinking but <laughs> i usually the depths I, of the human brain who knows i know i look at these studies and i go you know, if I do one of those things, I go, yeah, I do that. Dang it. We suck. <laughs> like We suck. <laughs> I mean, thankfully it's subconscious. So it's not like I'm out there going, man, I'm going to treat beautiful people. Great. And I'm going to treat ugly people like crap. Oh yeah. yeah. Like I'm not doing that. Right. But you kind of kick yourself going, I can't believe I do that. Like, I don't even know I'm doing it, but I do that. Oh yeah. We just need to beat ourselves up a few times and move past well, that sometimes we did yeah sometimes we deserve it let's face it. <laughs> that's true <laughs> so now i have to ask you this really quickly i saw that you had on your list the new legends of monkey as one of the shows you're watching and that's on netflix right yes that's on netflix i this is one of those as many of us have probably done if you're on netflix and you're looking around it pops up these little recommendations half, half of which i swear i don't know where it gets the recommendation oh, not something I'm i like but this one popped up and i read a little sentence or two Again, it's, it's genre. It deals with magical people who have magical abilities. And it's got a sense of humor. It's okay, kind of cool. campy. Yeah. So more on the lower budget. Apparently, and I found this out after I started watching it, it's based on something called Monkey that was has been around for years. And I'm not sure if it was Japanese culture or somewhere. But essentially, it, it deals with a monk who's on a quest to release this god who's been dormant for hundreds of years to save the world from demons. Gotcha. You know, come on. We, you, know, you can put that square into a lot of the shows and movies yeah. we watch, but it's got a sense of humor. It's actually an Australian show. I think it's only like eight half hour episodes. So it's very digestible, Okay, but it's just, it's silly popcorn fun. Okay. Um, that I've, I've been enjoying. 
super light, something to kind of like watch before you go to bed and relax kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Chuckle at a little bit of the silly stuff that's going on. Sure. Again, don't think too hard about it. Yeah. We'll do a solo review next week here on the show. I'm going to wait one more week on that one so far. I've been hearing Mm. mixed reviews. Having not seen it yet, I can't make any judgments. You know, and this is actually kind of hilarious Then I think about it because, you know, (laughs) it's a fantasy world. (laughs) You know, it's a freaking movie. The more that we dive into this, the more expectations we have, the more it becomes a way of life. So it's less about entertainment now and more about this is this is reality. You know, it's like Galaxy Quest. You know, I knew it was real. You know, (laughs) it's just like this. People are taking it so far nowadays and they're getting mad because their version of Star Wars has been upset. Well, you know, well, it it then becomes their version of it. That's where the problem is. You mess with my version of it. Yeah. Sorry, it was never yours in the first place, but okay. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I think that's kind of what I find to be actually quite hilarious, but I'm also starting to step back and say, that is a fact. So just enjoy for what it is. And you know, if you don't want to see it because you're going to get disappointed, then don't go see it. I mean, it's so simple. No, it's not for you. Then fine, let yeah. it go. You don't have to rain on their parade. Let them enjoy it. Yeah. You know, this is funny because mm-hmm. this, this reminds me of a quote that I literally just read today. <laughs> Something that I am very challenged by And here it is. At some point, you just have to let go of what you thought should happen and live in what is happening. (laughs) Mm. Oh, my gosh. I I read that and I went, you know, this is a this is a big issue for me because especially even with the show. Yeah, we nerd out all the time here. Everybody can nerd out about whatever they want. Have a fun time, you know, going and seeing Star Wars, going and seeing Solo. Just enjoy yourself, you know, live in what is happening and you're going to enjoy the movie one way or the other. But even going beyond that, you know, the whole unleashing of the superhero, I see people do things that drive me crazy. I see the way things happen in this world and in our culture that drive me crazy because it's not what should happen. And it's not that it's like, oh, well, this should happen in some like fantasy world. It's like, no, this shouldn't happen because it's actually hurting people or it's unhealthy or you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But I can't control it. I can speak my piece. People can listen. They can do something about it. Or they can totally ignore me and do nothing about it. And there's absolutely at that point, nothing that I can do because I have such a strong passion for it, you know, for seeing things turn into like, this should be this way. And I have a passion to see that turn that way so that we all can be happier and healthier and more joyful and shiny, happy people. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but It doesn't always go that way. So that's where I love that. At some point, you just have to let go of what you thought should happen and live in what is happening. And then I would like to add and just do the best you can with what you have. So yeah, there you go. It was encouraging for me. Mm-hmm. Good, so I'd, good, simple, effective advice. Exactly. I'd yeah. like to pass that on to all you solo watchers and star Wars fans <laughs> and anyone else. And Oh, and here's another one too. I'll, I'll just kind of, this is just a quick one that I, I, I like as well. Um, that I also read was to love means loving the unlovable to forgive means pardoning the unpardonable faith means believing the unbelievable Hope means hoping when everything seems hopeless. Don't complicate things sometimes, folks. Don't yeah. complicate it. Simplify. <laughs> I totally agree. <laughs> so there you go. Those are my little uh, two pieces of, you know, happiness for the, you know, sh- the, the sun and the rain kind of day. Mm-hmm. Little, little sunshine in this corner of the world. That's right. All right. One other thing I need to do uh, is, is help out spider pan here. Spider Pan posted, and this has been a couple weeks ago, and I'm sorry we didn't uh, talk about this sooner, but he posted this picture of a pot of coffee that he made 
he brewed this pot of coffee and it looked really well as a lot of people put it sad. It, it was very weak. And he said something about putting in um, two scoops of the Folgers scoops, which I don't know how much that is, but I would assume a typical coffee scoop is probably two tablespoons. That's fairly standard across the board. So I don't know how many ounces is in a pot of coffees, quote, 10 cup. They do vary for whatever reason. There's different standards of measurement. I have no idea why it is weird. So the best way to measure how many ounces of liquid you have is get one of those liquid measuring cups and figure out how many ounces are in your quote 10 cup pot of coffee fill up that 10 cup line in your actual pot and pour it into a liquid measuring cup and see how many ounces that is because here's what you need to do you need two tablespoons of ground coffee for every six ounces of water and i have a feeling that 10 cups is probably you know along the lines of a 50 ounce kind of thing so It was definitely very weak. So make sure, and this is for everybody, by the way, this doesn't matter what kind of coffee you're using, two tablespoons of ground coffee for every six ounces of water. That's a good rule of thumb to keep all the way across. But I will also say this, grind matters, quality of your water matters. I mean, if you're living in like, you know, LA, Vegas, Phoenix, and you're putting tap water into your coffee, your coffee's going to taste like crap. (laughs) I'm just going to tell you right now. And then of course, the freshness of the coffee. So there you go. Hopefully that helps spider pan. Let me know how that turns out when you do brew your next pot of coffee. Hopefully it's a lot stronger and much more exciting. Tell me what is coming up with you and then definitely share your shows because, you know, you're I'm not the only podcaster around here. <laughs> <laughs> You've been doing this a lot longer than I have. So, you know, the center of my genre universe, why not Earth, uh, season three will be beginning on sci-fi on uh, July the 20th. If you haven't seen it, season one is already on Netflix. Season two is coming to Netflix uh, on June the 9th. So you can get caught up if you want to there. And if you are caught up and you do start watching season three, I'll give you a little something you folks might get a kick out of. I don't know, Brian, if you or some of the listeners are aware of uh, the TV show Lost Girl mm-hmm. that aired for many years. Anna Silk uh, was the star of that show as Bo, the succubus there. She uh, was at a convention that I was at recently, Clexicon. Yeah. And uh, she was there with some members of the Lost Girl cast. Showrunner for Winona Earp is Emily Andrus, and she also ran Lost Girl for a couple of seasons as the showrunner there. Yeah. So she's been getting some of the cast to appear on Winona Earp, which has been kind of fun for those of us who are fans of both shows. Well, at this convention, Anna Silk mentioned at a panel, I was sitting there in the audience, about a thousand people, that she was going to be guest starring. Had a Uh guest starring run on this season of upcoming season of Winona Earp. Yeah. Thought that was wicked cool. Great to hear it. And she said, uh, and I can tell you, you know, just a little bit about my character. My character's name is Kevin. And I went, oh, well, that's a nice coincidence. Yeah. And then as the panel ends, I get about 100 tweets from friends who are fans in the audience. Kevin, is that character named after you? And I go, yeah, like, right. Uh, yeah, that's, you know, I appreciate it, folks, but let's be real. Yeah, totally. Ten, ten minutes later, I'm walking through the vendor area near the autographs, and Emily Andrus is a guest at this convention. She sees me. I hadn't seen her yet. Comes up, gives me a big hug, says, it's great to see me. Oh, I got to run to my autograph table. Hey, I hope it's okay that I named Anna Silk's character after you. Got to go. Oh, my. So needless to say, I was like, oh, my God. my I have a character named after me on my favorite TV show. Wow. Pinch me now. I can die. <laughs> oh, that is so cool. <laughs> and it's not just a random character in the background. It's Anna Silk, folks. Yeah. <laughs> she is pretty well known in the genre world. So. Uh, yeah, that was a pretty nice little treat. So I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, her character might be and why she's named Kevin. There's got to be a twist on that one. Oh, that is so cool. 
what blows <laughs> so, yeah. me away is how these TV shows do listen. They they pay attention to the fandom, and I'm pretty sure. I mean, we never actually got confirmation, but I'm pretty sure there were quite a few things you know Arrow did with us. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, at one point, remember when Felicity said, "This is uh, Felicity Smoke, your Overlord." <laughs> I mean, there. And we she got was, a kick out of that one, didn't we? Yeah, she was Overwatch, but I'm pretty sure they did that for you. And then they they did like instead <laughs> of uh, they did some kind of a shadow thing in there too. But it was amazing. And then they did an ice thing. I, I remember it was like, okay, they're doing something here. This is really really cool. <laughs> so I do think that they listen. And I have to say, you know, um, you know, our friend Troy Heinrichs. Yes, Troy's been on this show as well. They did something which I just was blown away by that, you know, he has been doing, you know, the show, Mm -hmm. the blacklist he's done blacklist exposed now for, I think since the very beginning of that and many years. Yeah. He has been super involved, same kind of way that you are with wine on a herb. And they named a, um, was it a mental institution after him or something like that? It was the, the Heinrichs. I forgot exactly what it was, but it was the Heinrichs like mental institution or Heinrichs uh, sanitarium or something crazy like that. But they actually <laughs> named it after Troy. And I thought that is so cool. So, you know, these shows do that. I love it. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's they a got treat. Smart. They got smart. Yeah. Podcasting wise, all the stuff that I do is at uh, tuning it to sci-fi TV.com. Okay. My friends, Brent, Wendy and I do a weekly show covering all the news in the genre TV world. And we'll talk about some different shows each week too. So that's something we've been doing. God, going on close to 10 years now, coming up to episode 500 on that podcast. That's um, great. And that's also where you can find the Wine Owner podcast, Tales of the Black Badge as well. So, you know, having fun talking about these these genre shows. I love it. And you're coming up with some cons coming up? Yes, I'll be at um, San Diego Comic Con and Dragon Con and a couple of those Herb Cons. So I'll have a busy summer and fall. Nice. I love it. You know, I love that you get to do what you do. And I love the fact that you've been recognized for it because... You know, I know there's a lot of people out there who do a lot of fan stuff and they never get recognized by anybody. And, you know, they put a lot of work and effort into it. You know, they get some thanks probably from listenership and and the community and stuff like that. But the reality is, is that there's a lot of work and a lot of time and sometimes a lot of money that goes into this stuff with not really much in the way of any return except for the joy that goes into it. But it is really cool when you hear situations like this, like with what you're doing, where, you know, the showrunners actually recognize and they give back. And they get mm-hmm. you involved. And that's so cool. I've always been a fan yeah. of that. Let's face it. Like you just said, as fans, we do it because we love it. And that's the joy of it. But to actually get to be, you know, a part of it and to be recognized that way. Come on, as fans, that's what we all love. Yeah. Um, you know, so it just it just makes it uh, that much more special. So yeah. it is it is a lot of fun. But we never know how long any of these shows are going to last. So I ride know. the wave and enjoy it while it does. That's right. Well, and that's why it's great that you're doing tuning into sci-fi because sci-fi is not going anywhere. The shows come mm-hmm. and go, but at least you've got a genre that's going to stick around. So, yeah, and that's why we do it. We're we're just fans of the genre, so you're right. Things will come and go, but we'll still have plenty to talk about. That's, that's why we always have fun doing that. I, I was thinking of like I could do a tuning into something, but my problem is is I love sci-fi, so I don't need to recreate what you're doing. So I don't know what I would do now because uh, maybe it's tuning into. Uh, uh, yeah, I got nothing. I got <laughs> you know what the music means kevin podcast overlord thanks for being on man thanks for joining me again oh it was great to be back right yeah it's so much fun to just chat with you i always enjoy it and hopefully yeah, we can do this fun. more often yes all right well go to realbrianshow.com the show notes of course give emily miss i some love and all of the links to kevin's shows will be on there have a glorious week 
This is The Real Brian Show signing off. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.